1: Folks, this March, you know you're going to get in on your college buddies bracket challenge. You're probably going to put in $15, $20. Even if you win, even if you have that perfect bracket, you're not going to win much. So you need to head to betonline.ag, open an account, and get in on their $100,000 bracket madness contest starting March 15th. That's coming up this week. And remember, the NBA XFL still going strong. You know, Everyone go watch the XFL. Let's make this league work. So whatever your passion is, BetOnline is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. BLUEWIRE. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Not following the usual format on today's episode, a few weeks ago I had the pleasure of talking to author and illustrator Anika Orok about her new book, The Incredible Women of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, a.k.a. the league that's featured in the classic film A League of Their Own. I try to make this as clear as possible during our talk, but the book is fantastic. It's so cool. Highly encourage any baseball fan to pick it up when it comes out tomorrow, March 10th. I'll have links in the show notes. Um, I've got my copy. It's just how it's illustrated, the story she tells about this league. It's fantastic. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoy the episode. I had a great time discussing the book with her. And then in the back half of the episode, naturally, had to discuss a league of their own. So it's a great episode for fans of the film, fans of this podcast. As always, if you are enjoying big screen sports and you haven't yet, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, and leave a review. If this was your first episode, go back, check out some old episodes. They're all pretty evergreen. Lately we have covered everything from Field of Dreams to Blood Sport. There is a sports movie on our feed for every sports movie fan. You can follow us on social media at Big Underscreen Sport on Twitter, Instagram at Big Screen sports Pod. You can also follow my personal Twitter. At Kyle Banduho, I'll be hitting you with episode news, sports movie content, anything in that regard. But next week, we are going to do a debate on the major league films with my buddy Darren Vaught, something that's been a long time coming, debating who is the better Willie Mays Hayes. But for now, let's talk to author Anika Orok about her new book. <music> Okay, joining me today, she is the author of the brand new book, The Incredible Women of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, Anika Orak. Anika, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Hi, Kyle. Thank you for having me.
1: Right off the bat, uh, no pun intended, tell the folks where they can follow you on social media and where they can get your book, which comes out tomorrow.
2: Uh, on social media, let's see, I, I'm mostly on Instagram, although I do have a Facebook account and a Twitter account on Facebook, Anika Orok, art of Anika Orok, sorry, Twitter and Instagram. I have the same name, which is Anika draws. Yes. There's an L in there draws because my cousin used to say it that way. And it stuck with me. So Anika draws. And then, um, the book, is that what your next question was? Is the that book. why we're here? Where can,
1: where can folks <laughs> find your book?
2: Uh, Anywhere where books are sold, uh, I recommend IndieBound um, or your local independent bookstore. Starting uh, tomorrow, but um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, my own website—I'm—I uh, will be selling signed copies that will come with uh, print and illustration from the book. Um, yeah, pretty much anywhere online, I believe.
1: Well, anyone who listens to this podcast is probably very familiar with the film *A League of Their Own*, and that is. This is your book is basically an expansion on on that. It it is the history of that league. I actually I, I got my my PDF copy a while ago, but I got my my actual hard copy today. It is this is not fluff. It is one of the coolest books I've ever gotten. It is like part graphic narrative. It's just really interesting. And I was trying to figure out how to describe it, and then I realized that is your job. We talked off Mike and Eka. <laughs> Describe to the folks what this project really is.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) The toughest of questions.
1: The thing that you put your heart uh, and soul into for the last three years. What
2: is it? That is what it is. There you go. You did it. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, it is an illustrated history of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, but, you know, I always loved history, but I... I also always fell asleep in history class because it was so boring and dry. <laughs> I don't. I, I think history is something that is so much more um, enjoyable when you hear it from the source. So there are lots of quotes and stories in here from players that I've interviewed. Um, a lot of excerpts from newspaper articles, magazine articles of the time. Um, there's just so much interesting stuff that I sort of stitched together um, to kind of create the narrative of the league. Um, and then I illustrated the whole thing. (laughs) Um, but I don't know how to describe anything about my illustrations other than just, I don't know. I've had people ask me, is this a children's book? It's definitely not a children's book. It's not a comic book. I, you know, the best way that I can think of to describe it would be almost like finding someone's scrapbook. Does that sound like a fairly I think that's, accurate?
1: I think that is a, a good representation. If it is a history book, it is the most eye-catching, easiest read of a of a history book. It, it you are you're very well versed in it, um, and, and and that comes out with the reader. It's such an interesting blend of these factual quotes and your drawing style, which is so unique, so fun. Um, I mean, you can fly through it. it. It's not very long. If I I didn't grab the I, I didn't grab the actual page total before, I, before we started recording, but, I mean, you can fly through, and it's something you can flip to and find an interesting factoid or anything. Um, before this project, when it came to, you know, what was your background when it came to baseball, both kind of personally and any other professional projects?
2: Um, well, well, first of all, I will say, by the way, sorry, total aside, but um, ironically, it's 162 pages. Oh, Which that is perfect. Isn't that funny? Baseball and that season. wasn't really planned. That includes the end pages, though. So you'll see number 160. But with the end pages, it's 162. And I didn't even realize that. And you want to know something even cooler? The person who pointed that out to me was Bruce Bochy. <laughs>
1: Giants legend, Bruce Bochy.
2: Yeah. He said that. And I just had the, I'm sure what looked like the most idiotic blank look on my face. Like, what do you mean, hundred? Like, he kind of laughed. And then I was like, "Oh my God, <laughs> I didn't even realize that." So anyway, thanks, Bruce. Um, my my, um, well, let's see. How did it start? I, I I've always loved baseball. I mean, since I was a little kid, um, I got that love through my grandparents. And um, but I never really thought Never really thought to combine <laughs> a love of baseball and my love of art or drawing. Um, and I I just kind of started doing it for fun. Um, It wasn't what I was actually working on, but I started developing my own story on the side just to kind of keep my own creative sanity because um, when you're working on, when you're working in the animation industry, typically you're working on somebody else's vision and somebody else's idea and story. And I just always felt like I had so many of my own ideas and my own stories that I was going to explode. So I just started working on my own on the side. Um, and I just kind of started developing some characters for what would kind of be almost like a Mudville 9, Casey at the Bat team. And um, it kind of felt like cheating. So it was like, well, I need to watch more baseball to do this. And I, <laughs> um, and I just kind of started doing it for fun and posting it on Instagram. And um, I, it, long story short, it just, I don't know, it just caught on. it um, I, I started, it kind of just took on a life of its own. And... I also, uh, I don't know if you know about John Miller and his, he's a very prolific Instagrammer. So he, uh, um, are
1: we talking about former announcer, John Miller,
2: current announcer, John, current
1: Miller. well, former he, for me, him and Joe Morgan were my first Sunday night baseball. Oh
2: crew. yes. Yeah, okay. So yeah. That,
1: that's where I think I, I know. Yeah. He still does, but him and Joe Morgan were like the, they're like the sounds of my childhood
2: get that. Okay. Yeah. John Miller is pretty much the sound of my childhood. Too. Well, my, my teenage years, he, you know, he came on in 97 with the giants. Um, but, uh, that was when I really started getting into baseball. So yeah, yeah, he's, that's a good, it's a good soundtrack for a childhood, but, um, he, uh, I guess had apparently grown up reading my grandfather's column. My grandfather was a Bay area, uh, daily columnist, like humor life column. Um, for about 35 years and John Miller grew up in Hayward and had grown up breeding his column as a lot of people in that area had. And he saw uh, my name on a something. I don't remember what the post was, but he saw my name and it's kind of an unusual last name. And so he reached out and asked if I was related to Ray O'Rock, which I always lights me up if ever anybody asks me that, but um Anyway, he invited me to a game um, as as his guest and sit in the booth, and I thought I was gonna pass out at that (laughs) at that moment. That was like a dream come true.
0: It's a legend. um,
2: Yeah, but long story short, it has turned into um, a friendship, and they're they're just he and his wife are kind of like family to us. But what it has what he has done is afforded me the opportunity to sit and draw. in in, in any number of ballparks and baseball games um, from really wonderful perches in all these ballparks. So I just went with it um, and just started doing baseball illustration. I've always loved the stories in the history of baseball. So I would do a lot of incorporate a lot of that and just kind of use ballpark sketches along with that. And, and um, yeah, so that's just kind of how that started and it's just been amazing and fun and that is how I got this book going. That's how I got the book deal was was through that. So. Uh, well,
1: I just gave I, him a follow on Instagram. I am honestly floored that John Miller is such an Instagram aficionado, <laughs> but he, he posts very often. I'm looking at it now. Uh,
2: he's uh, he's very he has helped me. It's amazing. There have been times where like we've done multiple shots of a photo to get it right for Instagram and he knows like he'll do all the editing tricks and the bright I mean he's he's very good. He'll spend I don't know how much time, but a pretty decent amount of time working on iMovies, like creating an iMovie to then post. You know, he does these little vignettes of his vacations or he's he's I'm impressed. I could never, I could never Instagram like John Miller can Instagram. Yeah, that's but a that's I try. a lot
1: of work. Um, yeah, I, it's <laughs> it's always my dream, and I don't know what Joe Morgan's up to, but to get them on for like a throwback Sunday Night Baseball, I would, I would die. Oh my god. But, um, what what that led you to this? a lot this of people pro- happy. Oh, it would make me. I, I can't even describe it. Um, what led <laughs> you to the, to this project in particular, the the All American Girls League?
2: Uh, well, I. You know, after having um, done as this baseball drawing ballpark illustration kind of got going um, and I'm posting on Instagram and uh, people were kind of throwing it out there like, hey, you should do a book of your drawings. And, uh, you know, which is really nice. And it's nice that anybody even cares to look at them, let alone <laughs> wants them in a book. But um,
1: I mean, they're fantastic. I cannot stress again to to the listeners, like, please pick up this book and go see these drawings They're They just pop.
2: Thank you. Thank You're you very welcome. much. Very but, welcome.
1: It's an excellent book.
2: Um, well, thanks. Well, yeah, I, I, I just um, I don't know. I wasn't really motivated to do it. But then there is an animation expo in Burbank every year called uh, CTN. And I had committed myself to a table uh, to sell my art there this particular year, I think it was 2016. um, And I didn't have anything to sell. And I just thought, well, I guess it's a good time to put all these drawings into a book and just have something really just kind of like to fill table space. Um, And I did it and I sold them online. And um, I was, again, just kind of like amazed. I'm always amazed when people I know this sounds really ridiculous but that people actually want to buy it it's like I'm doing it and I'm having so much fun doing it and I think well maybe somebody will buy it and it's like oh my god people are buying it um so I uh I was compiling drawings though for this book and I had like a big old stack of ballpark drawings and just various baseball themed illustrations and was kind of going through and picking what I was going to put in the book. And I had this weird moment where I realized there were no drawings of women. <laughs> and um, I, it's weird that I was, you know, like in my thirties and I had grown up. It, it took this to sort of realize like, wait a minute, all of my idols and heroes growing up are men, which is there's nothing wrong with it, but it was kind of weird that it had never occurred to me before. But I think seeing it visually was what, caught my attention, I guess as anything. I've always learned visually, but um so I thought there I, I really wanna find there's gotta be good stories of women in baseball. Like I know women have been playing baseball. I know they've been involved. It's not like it's just this foreign planet, you know. Um and I just thought of a League of their own. I loved that movie as a as a kid and I always loved it. Um so I just revisited it and um had learned online that it was uh, inspired by a documentary, which was made by one of the player's uh, sons and um, just kind of went that direction, went down sort of like an internet rabbit hole and found pretty quickly found some pretty incredible stories of some of these women growing up. And um, there was just this element of like their stories that, I just started, I done it like they just kind of started ringing familiar to me. Um, I wasn't a tomboy, but I also wasn't, I didn't really hang out with girls in junior high, high school. All, you know, a lot of my good friends were guys, and that was just because of the things they did. I was just more interested in like snowboarding or um, I don't know, just doing fun stuff, um, what I considered to be fun stuff. And, um, Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of started finding something that I identified with and some great stories that I just immediately could visually imagine drawing that were fun. Like one girl growing up in Chicago playing in the back alleys with all the neighborhood boys and would earn money shining uh, Kingpin's shoes. Like she would shine Al Capone's shoes. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, I want to draw. just your
1: normal day job.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was just really visually fun too. It was historically fascinating. There was something about it that resonated with me, but then also I was like, I want to draw all this. So um, I just, yeah, I just started eating it up and uh, that's, yeah, that's how it happened. And then I proposed an idea to Chronicle Books. um, Just this sounds stupid, but just kind of for fun, just to kind of get my feet wet in going through the whole book proposal process. Um, And, I included that book that I had made for this animation expo and um, they were, they were into it, but they actually, the editor Julia is the one who really kind of came up with the idea. My idea was way more simple and just kind of like a little story here and a little illustration here, a little story here, a little illustration here. Um, And she was like, okay, we want to do it, but we want the whole thing. Like we want the whole history. Like, bigger, better, more. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was like, who's going to write this? She And she said, you will.
1: <laughs> well, you went all in on that. I mean, it is a it is very for what it is you you if you open it, you see a bunch of pictures, but it is extremely thorough, both with your writing and your quotes and all the stories you dug up. Can you walk me through what it was like connecting with this generation of women through baseball? Because you you juxtapose a lot of kind of what their life was like that it's something that we can't really comprehend as much now um like you you, there's there's a quote that i I didn't write the quote down specifically but uh it was a it was a quote from a woman who mentions that she was called to the office of her college for playing ball out on the lawn with a boy that Mm -hmm. they, they said that that wasn't allowed and various players describe like misgivings by their their parents and their families and they're still expected to be um, they're still expected to be housewife or, you know, whatever their their supposed duty was at home. So what was it like connecting with these women and seeing kind of what they went through in this experience?
2: Wow. Well, you know, first of all, it was just awesome and amazing as far as just speaking with them. I, I guess maybe because I was so close with my grandfather and I just adored his brothers and my grandma and her sisters. I, I always really enjoyed being around older people. (laughs) So, um, maybe it, that made things a little bit more comfortable and easier at first, or possibly made them more willing to talk to me. I don't know. But, um, what really struck me in, in talking with all of them and that connection that, you know, and those things that you're talking about is how kind of just mellow and, easy going they were they they never got worked up about anything it was like oh yeah no you couldn't do that oh no you just didn't do that because you know it was like that was the difference between someone who had lived it and it was the norm versus someone of my generation who hears that and I'm like what you (laughs) you know you're like appalled and shocked and I'm and I'm like shocked at how not shocked they are but it's they came they they like were part of the group that was actually cutting the pathway through the the tall grass, they were blazing the trail and just not even really thinking about it. So um, like a good, a good illustration of that is that they really just didn't even, most of them didn't even know how extraordinary this thing was that they were doing by playing baseball. They didn't even consider it groundbreaking. Like now we have all these firsts, like first woman to do this first uh, you know, like, we just saw it at the Oscars and, you know, there's all these firsts and we make this big deal of it out of it, which there should be. It is amazing. and, And it is groundbreaking, but at the time it wasn't like first league of professional women, baseball players. Ah, you know, it was just kind of like this thing that they, they just thought, awesome. I get paid to play baseball. It's like a dream come true, kind of fulfilling a patriotic duty And, um, and then when it ended, they were all, you know, the ones that were still playing were devastated. It ended because they would love to keep playing baseball, but then they just sort of moved on. And also it was a time when nobody believed them. So they would, they would say they played professional baseball and, you know, these teams only really existed in the Midwest and they were known nationally, but it wasn't really like a, a huge story, it wasn't like it would be today where you've got the internet and all these ways of people constantly knowing what's happening as it's happening. So people just really didn't believe them. It was like they had the whole, you mean you played softball? No, I played baseball conversation. And then it just kind of got to be annoying and not worth their time. And there were all these weird stigmas attached to that. So they just stopped and never even like comprehended how important or significant it was. Uh, really until after the movie came out
1: it's really incredible that you gathered all those stories and and were, we're still able to i mean you did it at probably not to be morbid but like this is is it's good that you did it at this time with the age of this league that I you were still able to chronicle like, um, all of these stories
2: yeah you know it's i don't even it i'm like my mind is blown at how this has all worked out timing wise like the fact that just even having the inspiration and then seizing it and that someone would jump on this opportunity and the timing of it all, it's kind of like I literally, I feel like it's one of those adventure movies where the big cement wall is coming down like Indiana Jones and you just slide through it because um, yeah, sadly they, you know, my email inbox, like every, there was a period while I was doing this where honest to God, I don't know what was going on, but it was like a three month period where every week I got um, a player obituary. I and mean, there must've been 10 or 11 players that passed away in like a three or four month period. Um, and I still, and we've unfortunately just lost a couple of them this month. And um, several of the women I interviewed uh, four or five of them have since passed away. And I only interviewed them a year and a half, two years ago. Um, So, yeah, it is just one of those things that is, you know, uh, I'm very fortunate and it is just incredible timing. But I to to like full disclosure, though, there are a lot of stories in the book that um, I retrieved from um, Grand Valley State University, did a lot of interviews with players um, starting in like 2009, I want to say 2010 Um, and they interviewed several players that passed away shortly after that. And they allowed me to use their materials very generously. So I was, I was able to access that as well. So I didn't interview every single player whose stories are in the book, but, um, but a lot of them I did, but yeah, it's.
1: It's an incredible archive of, of interesting stories. You mentioned patriotic duty and it's like this league is kind of, and and they, they especially talk this up in the movie and in a league of their own that it is kind of jump started because of World War II in a lot of ways. And there there's one story that um you you would have in the book a, a catcher who receives word before the game that her husband was KIA and then waiting to tell her teammates until after like played the game. It, it was just a <laughs> it, it was a chill-inducing story and it captures it perfectly captures the time in which this was happening and then the the passion the players had for the game. It's just a very unique look into just that time period, which I I thought was really effective.
2: Yeah, that's another thing that, um, you know, speaking with these women, like I say, them sort of kind of coming across as relatively unaffected by things that I can't even wrap my head around. That's a big one. Um, That war just, you know, like my boyfriend's a musician and he tours a lot. And, and there's times when like, they've they do European, like a year, a big European tour, maybe like once a year. And I like, I hate it, because we have to wait for Wi Fi to call each other. And I can't like text it, you know, it's like, it feels like we're so detached. And I mean, he's like playing music in Europe, where there's technology everywhere, you know, and I just think, Oh, my God, I can't even imagine waiting for a letter. And then in between those times, wondering if they're even alive and then you know yeah and then getting that letter and being like well I have a game to play (laughs) like the amount of strength and grit that these women have is like mind-blowing to me in so so many facets but that's a big one the wartime situation just I don't even know I don't even know how they did it
1: yeah i mean not to not to jump into the movie talk right away, but that is one of the most emotional scenes of a league of their own the um the the scene where Ugh. i think it is betty spaghetti gets the uh yeah gets, that's gets tracy right
2: that's uh um, penny Marshall's daughter actually
1: oh um, Re- betty spaghetti
2: yeah yeah that's that tracy was Bryan. we
1: covered the movie before uh before I was doing the i m d b trivia section so I, that, a huge miss oh. on my part Oh, I um uh,
2: I don't know about that, but yeah, that's uh, that's an intense scene, especially when you don't know who the letter's going to and the uh the idiotic mail carrier
1: that <laughs> the lead, the worst character in the movie, the absolute worst. <laughs> um, I do want to get yeah. into a league of their own talk, but 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 before we jump into that, just with this book, you you're basically covering the the beginning and the past of baseball for women. And it's, a, it's an incredible – it's just incredible summary and, and, uh, of, of the past and then kind of the legacy they left. What's your hope for the future of women's baseball? The ending of your book that kind of focused on the end of the league, the legacy of it, how it's been acknowledged by – you know in, in present times. It, it gave me the chills when I read it. So I'm just curious on what is your, your hope for the future really for women in baseball?
2: You know, I mean, is I a have a very hopes. broad
1: question. I apologize. But. <laughs>
2: no, 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 no. And it's not even that. It's just I have hopes and ideas and things that I would love to see. But um, sometimes I, I feel like I almost feel bad answering that only because I don't play. And I feel like, God, I'd hate to say what I think should happen. And some woman who's invested so much of her life trying to play professional baseball hears me and she's like, Pfft that's not how it needs to go. (laughs) But I did have the pleasure um, and the honor of interviewing several women who do play um, or who have played. um, And a lot of them kind of racking up a lot of firsts as far as women in baseball. And um, they really enlightened me to a lot of things. And um, you know, I think what would be amazing is to just have a channel like, girls can play baseball and there are opportunities now, but it's still, you know, just that odd gender assignment of baseball and softball and the sort of like ushering into if that could just, it's so bizarre that that's even there. Cause that doesn't exist in any other sport where you are ushered into an entirely different sport. Um, and if, if it would just were a possibility I think the importance of the history of this and letting people know about it is just letting people know that it happened and that it's possible. And it's not, it's something that you can think about and dream about. Um, And, you know, there are girls and women who go on to play in college, but they're like the only girl on the all men's team. And then there's no possibility for like a, I mean, there's very limited possibility for playing professionally because then once you get out of college, then what? Um, So, You know, I think it would be incredible to see a woman playing in Major League Baseball. But really, I think um, just from what I've learned from the women that I've spoken to um, who played or play, I think the most incredible thing would just be for a women's professional league, for an opportunity for women to play professional baseball with other women, Um, not for the purpose of keeping it separate because there's any sort of uh, athletic inferiority or anything just what they what comes out of what comes out of it the camaraderie the competitiveness the um the the weird pressures that happen when you're the only woman uh in any sort of situation just being able to eliminate that and focus on the game and enjoy the game um I think that would be awesome and you know baseball has such a rich history and we sort of think of it in these nostalgic terms. And when you imagine baseball and the history of baseball in America, you just kind of sort of automatically envision men like these great kind of Paul Bunyan ish, you know, folkloric heroes, Babe Ruth. Um, And, and, you know, I would never want that to go away, but um, the game is so, it's such a good game. And I've seen these women play and, you know, I got to say, it's like really freaking exciting. It almost brings it back, you know, because there's so much happening in baseball now that, um, well, and now this past season, um, you know, the whole scandal that's, that we've been, uh, enlightened to and the money and, you know, I still love baseball and I still love watching baseball and listening to it. Um, But I don't know. I think there's a whole element of excitement that could happen if if a league develops. And I would love to see that, because I think you'd be seeing uh, not just something that should happen for the sake that it should happen. But I think we'd be seeing some really exciting baseball.
1: Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Untuck It. Ever wonder why traditional button ups look so long and baggy? That's because they were never meant to be worn that way untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked no matter your size shape their shirts are the perfect length with more than 50 fit combinations untucked shirts look great on tall short slim and athletic guys of all ages i'm a pretty short dude i have always struggled with those long billowy baggy button downs no longer all i wear is untuck it that is no bs i'm telling you if you have ever struggled with fit if you feel like your shirts are just not looking good on you try untuck it for yourself go to untuck com Use promo code BlueWire for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the US. That's untuckit.com and promo code BlueWire for 20% off your first order. Well, I think kind of like the 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 original success of the All-American Girls Professional League, the league was successful, was exciting. People like to see it. And on that note, I want to jump into the the original, most notable piece of pop culture that, that brought this, this league to the forefront. Uh, a league of their own, all-time, classic yes. baseball movie. I can't not talk about it on a sports movie podcast. Covered it in a full episode about a year ago now um, with my buddy Rob Fox, back when the podcast was called Trouble with the Script. Anyone is welcome to go back and listen to that. It's pretty evergreen, but I have an expert in. I have to get your takes. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I really need to ask is a league of their own a hall of fame all-star starter bench warmer sports movie for you. I feel like that's probably Uh. pretty
2: obvious. (laughs) Well, I mean, you are asking someone who's a little bit biased, but totally hall of fame for me. It's
1: fantastic. But
2: you know, I mean, so there's like a couple of things in rewatching it recently where I was like, Oh gosh, I don't remember that one is like, yeah, there are definitely some like really corny moments but they're like classic corny it's not like oh my god turn this off i can't take it corny it they kind of add to it it's got everything it's got all the elements of a good sports movie and it's got the build-up the touching moments the chill moments the uh you know but one other thing that i don't recall uh, that that struck me this time was there's a there's a lot of really mean people <laughs> in a league of their own there's a lot of meanness like was a funny, lot but... a lot
1: of cruel a lot of cruel jokes at the expense of um is it is it marla hooch a lot of, yeah a lot of cruel yeah. <laughs> a lot of cruel jokes about marla <laughs> hooch's appearance
2: yes um, what is yeah, your totally. favorite
1: scene in a league of their own if you had to pick one
2: Oh, my God. If I had to pick one. okay, I do love the tryout scene with Marla Hooch. And I do love.
1: The one where she's in the garage.
2: Yeah. Or in that like the the
1: gym knocking out windows. She's
2: just like knocking out windows. I do love that scene. And I do love the Jimmy Dugan scene when he's like his hands are shaking at Evelyn and he's like. Telling her she's still missing the cutoff man. That's one of my favorites. But okay, my favorite is probably the sign-off when they're like competing signs to Marla in the when she's uh, at the plate and Dottie and Jimmy Dugan are are signing like calling the signs to her and she's like stepping in, stepping out, stepping in, stepping out. I just love that scene. When I Jimmy first
1: decides that he wants in.
2: Yeah, when he's kind of like. Yeah, when he puts down the newspaper and is like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> yeah, and he kind of uh takes takes on his role.
1: The movie, I mean, it is about the the All-American girls. It it is all about them. Gina Davis is the star, but oh my god, Tom Hanks is so good in that movie. Like it it it, it might be Mount It's Mount Rushmore Hanks for me.
2: <laughs> totally. He's the best. He's so good. He's Oh, my God. I just love him in that movie. I think he's great. He's fantastic. Um, And he's really great at, like, you know, redeeming. I I just love how he sort of redeems himself part of the way through because he just starts out, like, so gross. I think there's even, like, a line where he's, like, if you tried a little harder, maybe you could be more disgusting (laughs) when he, like, hawks the chew on the guy's shoe. And he's just, like, gross. Yeah. yeah, and then suddenly he's like he's into it and he's it's great. Just he's so good. Absolute yeah, dynamite so never good.
1: seen. Um the original kind of crux or thesis of this podcast was really focusing on these on-field stuff, the sports related stuff, you know, appreciating authenticity in, in sports movies. And as someone who is deep deep in the authenticity of this league what was the the most and least authentic sports centric parts of the movie for you?
2: Oh man,
1: because um... I imagine it's a different experience for you more than anyone at this point, besides the the people who actually played. Um, I'm seeing this because you're you're so dialed in. It's like it's like a doctor watching brain surgery, watching a movie about brain surgery,
2: <laughs> which is so weird because oh. I never ever like considered myself to be obsessive enough about anything to ever be an expert but when you're staring at it and reading about it and yeah I guess you kind of can't help it there are several things that um I know are not really authentic about the actual goings-on of the league but I I don't know that they're necessarily sports-centric so as far as most I would say actually the actual baseball playing I mean they I know they did a lot of training with coaches and uh I know that a lot of the coaches, the set coaches were um, men, which is funny because there is a something going on now um, and all the coaches are women um, for another thing they're filming. Um, So I think that's kind of cool because I I don't know. I don't know if it even makes a difference, but um, I think, uh, I think you could tell like also who had actual athletic ability in the cast and, who they maybe kind of had to like fudge <laughs> with. Um,
1: they were good at that though. The action is very good. The action flows very well.
2: Yeah, it does. And I and Gina Davis, I I read or you know heard that she um, when she took on the role, she never considered herself like athletic at all. And whoever was training her was like, "Whoa, you know you're good, right?" Like, and it sort of uh, made her aware of her own athletic abilities and she went on to be like an olympic archer or like olympic qualifying in archery which is i crazy. think i remember um,
1: hearing that exact same story reading that exact same story somewhere you can yeah, believe it she it, does look the part look and look and acts the part
2: totally does yeah yeah she totally does just the way she holds herself and her focus and yeah um I guess well, if I were to pick a least authentic sports centric of I guess of the authentic I okay, the character Evelyn, the one who who uh keeps missing the cutoff man.
1: <laughs> with uh and bring this with Stillwell Angel. Brings
2: the kid, yeah. I know it's like a weird thing, but that girl would never have been in the league. Like she never would have even made the cut. Those women could play like they were amazing athletes and they could play real baseball like no one would be repeatedly <laughs> missing the cutoff guy or woman and and crying or like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I mean it was cute but like um, as far as like the sports centric part I don't think she would have even existed but
1: it did give us there's no crying in baseball
2: <laughs> are you crying?
3: no are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? <laughs> there's no
2: crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. It did. And you have, I mean, you have to have it. So, um, yeah. And there's other things like, uh, the you know, Jimmy Dugan's character as a coach. There, ever, Several people were like, he, there was never, he's not really based on anyone. No one was like an alcoholic in the dugout. No one would have even made it into the locker room no coach would have gone in and take and taken like a a 9 minute p <laughs> iconic the locker.
1: though iconic yeah. piece but you dude. have
2: to have it you have to have it so it's
1: it's very good well you mentioned Evelyn um i want you to pick a uh We call this category the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. We all love Jimmy Dugan. We all love Dottie Hinson. Who is your favorite minor character in the the movie? I will give you anyone except those two as minor character.
2: Except... Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah,
1: so I got... Yeah, Best (sighs) Supporting
2: Character. Man. Okay. Well, uh, dang, this is hard. I love Marla Hooch. I I think she's wonderful. Um, And she might be... It, and I also, I kind of just, like, laugh at the sight of John Lovitz.
1: <laughs> and I
2: love. I love John I love Lovitz and everything. Oh, my God. And I love that he's so John Lovitz in that movie. Like, they just put him in a suit in the 40s, but it's still John Lovitz, which I love because he's hilarious. But There's something about
1: frazzled John Lovitz that just always gets me.
2: Totally. And at then the you SNL put, like, a little mustache
1: at the SNL 40th reunion, when they put him in the in memoriam, was, was the best. And they just showed him oh in the crowd looking he frazzled a dying laugh. <laughing. laughs>
2: He's always just been, to me, like one of the funniest. I don't know, like just looking at him makes me laugh. So I love his presence in the movie. But to be fair, I guess to who I guess I would pick is that Marla Hooch and I don't remember his name in the movie, but John Lovitz's character—they are not in the whole movie. So throughout the movie, if I were going to pick a best supporting character, I guess I would say Doris. I love Doris, uh, Rosie O'Donnell's character. I think she's awesome and hilarious. Her and
1: um, her and all the way May are are quite the tandem. I gotta say, it's probably the most I've ever liked Madonna in anything.
2: Yeah, I don't anything. even really like her. <laughs> in the league of their own but it's fine it's fine i love them together i think they're great um they're a nice little new
1: york tag team
2: totally you know i loved madonna when i was a little girl and i even had a desperately seeking susan outfit that my mom made for me with like the gold pyramid on the denim jacket i idolized her but i was like six or seven i don't know i don't know what happened at some point i i think she's still amazing in a lot of ways but um I I guess my big problem is the song. This used to be my playground. It's like, oh my God, just it uh like I almost threw my remote at the at the TV Admittedly watching it this tough time. Look. I forgot how I don't wanna call it bad, I just forgot how much I don't care for it.
1: That's one that gets a fast forward or scene skip.
2: That's like cheer up Charlie and Willy Wonka. Like we don't need we don't need it. Let's just get to the candy. <laughs> get past the dirty laundry and your sappy song is terrible. Yeah.
1: Well, let's get to my favorite episode my or my favorite category in every episode. It is the big chill. It's the moment every sports movie has every good sports movie that makes, you know, the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It is, hey, dad, want to have a catch? It's Mike Ruzini scoring the game-winning goal against the Russians in Miracle. It's Roy Hobbs knocking out the lights. What is your big chill moment for a league of their own?
2: Uh, okay, well, if you're going with, with, yeah, with those, well, I always get goosebumps when they walk into Wrigley for the tryouts, but that, that that's kind of an early goosebump.
1: That does count, though, because that's very good.
2: It's a, it's a goose bumpy moment. I will say there are two that really get me. Uh, one would be the scene when Dottie's packing up to go home and Tom Hanks comes out and, you know, is like, you can go home and have a hundred babies, whatever. I don't care. But baseball is what gets inside of you. It's what lights you up, you know, and then she says it get it got too hard. And he gives her the whole it's supposed to be hard speech, you know, I love that. There's also kind of that goosebumpy moment when she goes out to the mound in the final game where she's competing against her sister or she's about to pitch to her or catch behind her sister. And she goes out to the pitcher and tells her she can't hit the high, you know, like throw the high fast one or whatever. She's giving her sister a, you know, a fat pitch, I guess essentially. But that whole scene is it is goosebump-inducing, but also, like, uh, I just think Kit is a brat. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I am not a fan of the, the Lori of Petty sister. character
1: in this movie.
2: Ironically named Lori Petty. Yeah, she's just kind of a little bit of a, I just think she's a brat. So I
1: do respect that she was a gamer and she cared about baseball a lot more than, like, her talent level was there. I can relate to that on a very personal level, but she's unlikable.
2: I appreciate that you found that redeeming little bit about her. Cause I was having a hard time finding one. So that's yeah, a good a big point. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I would give it to the Tom Hanks Dottie moment, even though it's not the big, you know, there's no like soundtrack behind it. There's nothing exploding. There's no slow-mo, but it is, you know, it is a powerful moment.
1: Yeah. Movies that can do it with dialogue are, are really special. Truly. Yeah. Um, like Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is just all dialogue. I mean, the score hits. The score is really good. But a lot of it is just the dialogue. And, and this movie is kind of like that. Um, final category. This is one that we did not have back when we originally covered. It's actually a recent addition to the to the lineup of this podcast. Before More or Restore, would you like to see a prequel, sequel, or a remake of this movie? I feel like a prequel is probably out of the question. I don't know what there yeah. is to prequel, but sequel or remake? Would you be interested or want to see one?
2: I would. Um, you know, it's actually a pretty interesting question because, and I don't think I'm spilling any beans here because I think it's out there. But your listeners may or may not know that um, there is a—they have just filmed a pilot for an Amazon series, *A League of Their Own*, that is a loose—I uh, wouldn't say remake, but kind of sorta. And I don't know if it's going to go to series or not. But I had the awesome pleasure of being on set for what would for what will be the tryout episode or tryout scene, the Wrigley scene. Um, And I just got to go and do a bunch of drawing and and it was incredible. And what I saw and what they were doing with it or what they have planned for it is like everything I would want to see in essentially a remake.
1: That is fantastic news because I am all in on that series. I can't wait to cover it on this podcast. Just give it to me.
2: Oh my God. It's well, so... You know, that having, okay, there's like the love of a league of their own and what it is, uh, loving it for what it is. But then having delved into this history for these years, there are so many elements of the real story that um, I think are so important and, and important to the whole story. Not just like, well, now we live in these times and it's important to know this. I think they're actually really important to the whole overall story and they make a great story themselves and they're part of and there's so many contemporary things like there are there is the issue of racism, there is the issue of like of sexuality and identity and marriage and, you know, all these, um, you know, and then athleticism, then Struggles of, you know, playing in a dress. I don't know. All these things that um, were lightly, very lightly touched on. You know, the African-American woman that catches catches the ball and throws it to Dottie. And, you know, there's like these little, like, kind of things thrown into the original movie um, to give it a nod. But I think what they are planning to do with this series is so much cooler. And, um, like, going onto that set, Uh, the other day, this is like a week and a half ago when I walked into the ballpark, it was this really surreal experience because the field was loaded with women in period clothing, like actual vintage clothing, um, that these women would have worn to try out in on this field, it was like everything that has been in my consciousness on a, two dimensional plane for like a few years where I'm looking at like photographs and ephemera and scrapbooks and whatever it was like, it just sort of sprung to life f- and, <laughs> and I was in it, it was crazy. So I really, I have high hopes for it. I, I really hope it gets picked up as a series because I think it deserves it. And I think they're going to kill it if they do. So.
1: Well, I'm extremely excited for that. I can't imagine how excited you are for it. Um, I, I believe that it's probably the first thing that has featured Tom Hanks that's getting remade in any fashion, which is kind of an interesting like we're we're in such like a remake culture with yeah. uh, with Hollywood in general. So I, I'm curious of how they'll handle that. Um, because that is someone it just big shoes for whoever has that role or a similar role and maybe they'll focus less on a manager or less on a Hanks type and, and more on the players themselves and the issues you mentioned. But I think that series has all the potential in the world. My last question for you, I have to ask, did Dottie drop the ball on purpose?
2: Yeah, totally. I think she uh, did.
1: that's the perfect answer.
2: <laughs> I'm a hundred percent convinced she did. Perfect answer. You know, she set it up for her and she's the best ball player in the league. According to Tom Hanks, she wouldn't have dropped that ball
1: would not have dropped the ball. She would have, she would have, if she really wanted to, she would have put Kit on her ass and that's the end of it. Um, She could
2: have kept Kit from even knocking her over, I bet.
1: Oh yeah, like there's no way that Kit knocks Dottie over. Just no, I mean, it's it's disappointing. You hate to see it. Um, Annika, your book is fantastic. It comes out tomorrow. Everyone needs to go buy it. Tell the folks again where they can follow you on social media and where they can get your book.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, Yes, on social media, while I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Anika Drawls, D-R-A-W-L-S. And uh, anywhere online, IndieBound, my website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or please, since it comes out tomorrow, just treat yourself to a little walk to your local independent bookstore. That's my vote.
1: Everyone needs to do that. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thanks, Kyle.
1: Of course. You have a good one.
2: You too. Take care.
1: And that's a wrap on the latest episode of Big Screen Sports. Again, big thanks to Anika Orok for taking the time to talk about our new book. Folks, go order it. I'm telling you, it is just one of the coolest baseball books you can have sitting on your your entertainment center or your coffee table. It's just an incredible book. Go give it a read. Uh, Links will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember, subscribe, rate, review. You guys know the drill. Also, for baseball fans, remember there is a new episode from Phenom to the Farm, my interview series presented by Baseball America dropping tomorrow with former MLB and NFL player Josh Booty. That's an interview that I really enjoyed, a series that's just now getting going. I'm having a great time with it. Please go check that out on, on that respective podcast feed. That is from Phenom to the Farm. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Big Underscore Screen Sport, Instagram at Big Screen Sports Pod. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at Kyle Bandujo, and we will see you next Monday. Thanks.